Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about holiday guilt and just really not limiting it to that, but all the feelings that we feel around the holiday time. Sometimes it involves a lot of guilt, guilt oblige of being at this party, that party, spending money that you don't have. I remember when I was younger, I would spend everything that I would get back on my tax return buying gifts that usually the other person didn't really even want. Um, or discard it in the trash. Yeah, or they after. throw it away or they lug it around. Like my hot dog cooker, my sister gave me one year that was quite gruesome. You put a hot dog on one end and yeah. put the other end and then it electrocuted it. Yeah, but my cute. sister gave it to me and I couldn't possibly throw that away. You know, we get these nostalgic um, emotions attached to was, things. Uh, hey, but also... When I was making aluminum art, I got one of those and made it a mouth <coughs> on a huge mask because it looked like teeth. Mm. Pointy teeth, yeah. That would have been a good thing. It's Uh, old. Yeah, that's good. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, uh, running that that side that we were just talking about, running around, crazed, feeling guilty all the time because oh, I didn't, I forgot the mailman. I was supposed to get the mailman a gift, and then this other thing. And after a while, it's just overwhelming, and you're not really enjoying the community and the gatherings. And then the other side of the spectrum is the people that don't really have anybody to spend time with and they feel alone, even more alone than usual. And so they see others rushing around and watching uh, Christmas movies on TV and such. And it can be very lonely on the other side of the spectrum. So we're going to talk about a lot of that and maybe uh, different ways to look at it and to get back in touch with what's important to you. Well, before we address the guilt, flat out address the guilt that this is, uh, part of the mechanism of holidays uh, is this uh, fear of loss of identity that we have. In other words, if last year I had uh, 147 relatives um, ki- uh, killed, cooked um, four dozen turkeys, uh, put 100,000 la- uh, yams, etc., well, this year I'm going to have to have an even 200. I'm going to have to have, you know, and you never get, you never get, there's no, there's no satisfaction involved in this. There's no sense of accomplishment. When it's over, you collapse from nervous exhaustion. It's not like, oh boy, now I can sit down. It's shunk. That, that I know, was you every, see me. <laughs> everything that I had, this took. And next year, there's going to be more of this. This does not serve us well. This is not on our side. We really do have to get hold of ourselves in order to just not create this because people go thousands and thousands of dollars in debt over uh, this annual, it really is a guilt fest. You know, what did you well, get me? What did you get me? What did you get me? One thing, Nothing. <clears throat> one thing that we may or may not have talked about before, but gift giving is actually a good thing. It's a wonderful yeah. thing. So I personally am not telling people to not give. What I am telling people is to give when your heart is leading you to give. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I know sometimes I'll see something and it's like, oh, I so-and-so would really love that. And I love the flow and the spontaneity about just buying it and giving it to them. But then around Christmas time, what I feel is if you give a gift to somebody that may not have gotten you one, you're not really making them happy by giving them the gift. They just feel bad that they didn't give you one. I've done that. I feel bad. I, I remember one year... I gave your father, I I got him a comforter because I I felt he was cold all the time. And I gave it to him and I realized he was just like, oh my God, I didn't get her something, you know, that kind of a feeling. I felt awful about making him feel badly. So if we could just get rid of that emotion, and you're right, we're always trying to top ourselves from one year to the next. Who are you competing with? I remember when my kids were young, I thought if I just had held on to the money that I bought negligible gifts for many people and got my kids some new shoes and paid off some bills, ultimately we would have all benefited from that. In my entire life I've managed to introduce, um, uh, create two Christmases in which I was absolutely alone in the entire history of my being here. And it's actually a very good thing because uh, solitude creates um, car, um, catharsis in the person. You become, you get to be in touch with you, 
if all of humanity is playing Christmas and you have decided to be alone, then you get to uh, really deeply dive into who it is you are. There's really nothing like it. I know this is, a, I don't care what names people would have for this sort of I thing. I think you do that pretty every year, like Christmas Eve when we're um, all celebrating. I think that's a good that thing. That I remember, there are two of them, but it doesn't make any difference. The point being, now I wanted to add that the um, Native Americans came up with a totally brilliant concept, and that was if somebody gives you something that you don't, doesn't fit, you don't have any use for it, you are allowed to willingly, freely give it to someone else. It? That's a good Re idea. Yes, Seinfeld invented regifting, as far as I know. And uh, so that took the blame out of it, but the um, powers that be uh, mutilated it by calling it Indian giving. And that, that's just an absurd notion. One, two, three, that's removed. Because it's okay if you get something that you don't care for to give to somebody else. That is an okay thing to do. It takes an enormous amount of pressure off us because otherwise you have to hide that you're giving the gift to somebody else. And oh yeah, I got it thinking of you. Label you baby, know, label, label baby. baby junior. <laughs> yeah, he was in Babylon if I remember. But um, yeah, so it, to set yourself free, that is the point of not only the show, it's the point of the incarnation. You really do have to set yourself free from expectation. And uh, holidays are really rough because the expectation goes like this as your self-esteem goes like that. And that's enough of this. Or your satisfaction anyway. Yes, whatever word you <coughs> want in that, well, that graph. But the more pressure there is on you to have a good time, the less possible it will be to have a good time. Yeah, I, that's a very good point. Yeah. That's well said too. I, I w have uh, tried or done many. I didn't try to do it. I did it. I, I've done many things over the years as far as Christmas. Many years I made things for everybody. One year I made Afghans for everybody I knew and it took me almost all year. I think I started in late spring and I crocheted Afghans for many people and uh, scarves or whatever. And I think it or candle making, lots of lots of different things. I'm very, like I sew and do all those handicraft stuff and all that. And, and I enjoyed it, and I really thought about each person as I did it. But it really is a commercial thing, and you're guilted if you yeah. don't outdo yourself every year. And I had gotten, uh, if you watch any of our old archive shows, when we've done this subject before, I, I have suggested just getting away from... Uh, getting into the oblige at all. And I know we're kind of stuck in it with kids because then kids will feel like they've done something wrong or whatever. But like, where does it end? I think every year I saw- It ends when we I saw no longer this, exist. That's when it ends, unless we do something about it. Go ahead. I saw this article where it says, all these different people in your life that you're supposed to give gifts to, your massage therapist, your counselor, your mailman, your server, you're a child care person, you're supposed to give them two weeks' salary. And I thought, oh, who right. has that kind of money? And these were, somebody paid this guy or this lady yeah. to write an article like that. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, is do what you can and, um, you know, the expectations from year to year. And also about giving. I, I just wanted to tell this story. We had discussed me telling this earlier about the squirrel information is what we call it. Uh, a number of years back, a long time ago, uh, I was doing a lot of automatic writing at the time, and we fed the squirrels like we still do. And this is a phenomenon that I've noticed still, it, it still occurs, that when you give something too much to somebody, if there's too much giving, joy leaves, and it's replaced by not enough and irritation. So we fed the squirrels every day, and one day we were later than usual getting out there, and the squirrels got angry. And yes, squirrels do get angry. One time they latched onto my leg, and, and they hiss at you, and they come and pound on the door, and they can get quite aggressive. Um, so they chewed off all of our tomato plants, these beautiful, huge tomato bushes. You remember the Roma tomatoes? I do, yeah. For, they didn't eat them. They just chewed them all off. And so I did some automatic writing, and it was talking about in nature, the squirrels would expend a certain amount of energy, and they would then get a 
food and then they would expend more energy and they would get food. But when it's just a pile of food, that energy that would normally have been expended getting the food has to go somewhere and it usually turns into uh, some kind of an aggression or uh, an ungrateful anger. And if we look at sometimes our kids, if we give them too much, they get angry, they get hostile, and they treat you poorly. Well, that's because they did not get to expend the effort in the natural context. So a good measure to know when to stop giving is when whoever you are giving to is no longer experiencing joy. That's the motive to give. Here, have joy. But if you give your kids a thousand things and they're not experiencing joy anymore, you're actually not giving joy anymore. So that's your measure. It's not so much that oh, they're not grateful, I'm not going to give from an ego perspective because you want people to say thank you, but it's really to see if you're still giving them joy. That's very well put. The squirrel information is very important for people to pick up on. I would introduce the term of the fractured psyche to describe what happened to the squirrels. As you're saying, they aren't putting out any effort to get this stuff imported to receive nothing out, just receiving. That's, what, that's the whole point I of that. I know, and then that's why teenagers in the modern world are so resentful of everyone and everything. And that's because they, quite naturally as a kid, you really do want to earn your own money. I can remember um, realizing that I would have to figure out some way to get money that was not involving my family. If I was to ascend into adulthood, that would be a particular method by which you would do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the point of our program is healing the fractured psyche that we all have. And there is, well, we do. I didn't say that we didn't. Yeah, uh, there is an enormous impetus in our society to keep us fractured. You know, uh, the runaway of inflation that we're all experiencing, uh, television was a big deal in the 50s, you know, where you would save for maybe a year before you could go buy something like that. And now, oh, well, new TV, so what? Not interested. You know, any new computer, eh. You know, any of this stuff, it's just become, um, we as a group have um, become ungrateful. I mean, the human race in that way. And so this is being done to keep us from uh, the joy that being grateful provides. And, and this is part of this fractured psyche. So... Well, I think uh, gratitude is the state we always seek. And when I said you don't have to argue, I meant uh, I didn't finish that thought. I said you don't have to argue the point with me because I'm on board with it. But I I really think that um, it is true. We can metabolize so much. Like they did a study where they had 21 jars of jam, different flavors, and they let people sample them. And then they had seven and let people sample them. And they sold far more jam with the seven than the 21 because the people just shut down. And remember my Toby story, my grand dog, he loved those little rawhide bones, you know what I mean? And so they they had a house made of rawhide filled with those little things. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get him that. And I brought it home and he came over for a visit. And I said, look what I've got you. And he would pull one out and and then he'd go get another one. And then he started whimpering, bless his little heart. And he was like, he didn't know which one to take. And I thought, oh, poor thing. And so I removed them and just gave them, gave him one at a time. And he was very joyful. And that is true. I think that we have a maximum amount of stuff that we can still enjoy. And then we try to look for that gratitude. Gratitude is already right there. We don't have to find it outside of ourselves. Yeah, the inverse of gratitude is greed, per se. The more we can become greedy, the less gratitude there is. And this is well known to um, the world. So to be grateful uh, is to uh, experience a joy that what Christmas was supposed to have been but has not become. You know, you'll get all these things and you'll unwrap them and put them on a shelf and that's it. There's, you don't even use them. There's just, you know, it's time. for We ought to take a year off from Christmas. I can hear the merchants going, oh, no, no, how about that? What about the idea of just not doing this? I mean, we, we do have the option. We, we have free will. That means that you do choose what it is you do. True or false? How many agree? Free will, yes or no? 
I, I know Scotland voted not to have free will, but that's probably an old story by now. Nobody knows that. They didn't want to be freed from the Queen. They voted not to be freed from the Queen. These people are Scots. They're supposed to have the slightest clue. It's not whiskey and bagpipes. It's, it's your life. And you just, don't you? Ah, never mind. It's ancient ancestors, but... Um, uh, the more the, there's this artificial pressure on us to become greater, you know, this, this whole thing, you don't have to become greater. None of this is real. This pressure that our entire society is on, under, that we're calling holiday guilt. This is not real. It's being hyped by the media. You know, this time of year, you cannot turn on uh, any channel that it doesn't have a Christmas story. You cannot, you, you, every ad there is, is uh, someone selling you Christmas toys. Uh, this is, it's just that it's become so unbalanced. It takes up the entire month. They were actually putting up Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving this year. No, no, why is this? Why are we in this headlong rush? You spend your entire life in a headlong rush to get on to the Actually, next thing. Actually, it was thing, Halloween this year. Wherever it was, yeah. <laughs> you, you spend your life in a headlong rush to get to the next thing that you're going to be in a headlong rush to do. That's not quality of life. I, know, I used to say, hurry up and stop. You know, like race to the next stop, stoplight and then slam on your brakes. Yeah, this well, is insane. Well, I, I'd like acting. to just add a yeah, little to what you're saying because I, I think uh, it's clear clear what you're getting at and, I, I, uh, and the point there uh, about it's a commercial thing and we're all talked into that. The fact is it can be a very sweet time of year. It really can. can a lot of people... Potential. Yeah. Um, I'm agreeing with yeah, you. Yeah. A lot of people can, um, you know, there's time off work. People usually get softer of heart as well. I think it's a matter of finding your own balance because not everybody finds it a guilt obliged to do to, to do this and they find it very loving. I know a lot of people that love Christmas that decorate or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever it is that you celebrate at this time of year, Yule, whatever it is. Festivus. And Festivus for the rest of us. Um, whatever it is that you do celebrate it's a good thing to celebrate. And I really feel that during the winter, we, we created holidays because there was once a time it was cold and the elements did not afford us just going outside like we can now. And so you were stuck inside. And cabin fever is a very real thing. If you've ever um, been snowed in, I, after the second or third day, it stops being fun and cozy and it's like, I got to get out of here. And we do get that way. So these things can be lovely to have during the winter. But I would say one of the biggest things that we're communicating is doing what you feel is right for you. Create your holiday the way you wish. Back in the 80s, I decided that I was going to recreate all my own holidays, that we may call it Easter, but I was going to celebrate it in my own way and take from each religion things like I like the idea of Yom Kippur where you look at yourself and you analyze yourself, you do self-review and, and decide to make changes in your life and um, the, the Easter idea of being reborn and um, like just take whatever it is that's important to you. Even if they call it Easter, you can call it something else. Do whatever you can to make it sacred and to redefine it from the commercialism because it has contaminated everything. And another thing that people get really stressed out over is having to go to many, many parties. If you've got office parties, you've got friend parties, happy hour parties with this or that, that can be very stressful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, up to us. You know, we the human race, it's up to us to just not buy into uh, this madness. Just simply know I'm not coming, I'm not making an excuse, and I'm also not coming. Uh, you invited me, it's a yes-no question. Uh, but we can't, and the reason we aren't going to do that and the reason we're unable to do that is simply guilt. So let us take a look at guilt. So guilt is... Anger, 
that you don't feel you have a right to have. In other words, I've been, uh, this expectation has been laid upon me. I'm very angry about that, but I'm not allowed to be angry about it because it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed to be angry about this. <laughs> so I'm owning the anger. I mean, this is not, this has become totally out of hand. Every, uh, the, what about January? Well, no money <laughs> because of, uh, you know, it, it's just not a fair flow. It's time, it's incumbent upon us to exercise free will. We will either transmute or we will cease to exist. That's what's going on here. It's in slow motion, allegedly in slow motion. But the... Um, well, a lot of times... Go ahead. I was just going to put in about uh, the physicist that I was uh, very Please. fascinated by that said the entire of this thing, uh, his answer to it is to recognize that your DNA is a resonance chamber. And if you bombard it with fear or guilt or doubt or worry or whatever that is that's negative, you bombard it with it and the DNA mutates. If you bombard it with love, then the DNA can actually expand and grow and you'll be capable of more DNA um, little step ladders, whatever they're called, then um, you'll be able to transmute. So this is up to us. So whatever it is you love, then love it. But what we're saying about this is the um, manipulation that Christmas has become, Christmas holidays, whatever the generic term for it is, it has become Oblige. It has not. It has left the realm of choice, and it has now become yeah. a mandatory and thing and not interested. Go ahead. I don't recall what I was going to say, but um, uh, just along those lines, I think I think that there, you know, is a lot of truth in that guilt oblige in general, but also to some people, and it, it just varies. There is a lot of family time involved, and. We, at times, as humans, and I think this is a lot bigger of a thing than we imagine, there is a lot of feeling around that, a lot of old childhood things that come up, um, this idea of uh, getting back into that box. It's really, I think people find it hard when your family holds you in, in the box. I always made the joke around Thanksgiving, you're the youngest, you're 42 years old, but you go back home and all of a sudden you're at the card table with all the other grown-up kids and no one ever listens to you and you're held in that spot of being the youngest kid or maybe the oldest kid where you're not allowed to have any fun and you have to be responsible for everything. It is difficult to rewrite it and everybody doesn't, I mean everybody, even the parents, everybody in that family equation doesn't like going back and stepping into the past usually. Maybe sometimes parents do because it's a, a way to step back into the past. But overall people don't want to be held but yet by holding the other person you're also holding yourself in the molds. So if you do go home or have family come and visit rewrite it. Maybe add a little something to the family tradition or something like that. I've always found it very fun to rewrite family tradition. Well, like when I was a kid at Easter, we would get Easter baskets. Mm -hmm. And so I started, we never did Easter egg hunts, but I did a, a kind of a, a modification where I did treasure hunts where they found whatever candy or things. They had to solve riddles and puzzles and um, count five steps here, six steps here, look up. And, and so it, it was like a whole game that would last, you know, for a while rather than just a basket full of candy. Come up with something that your children will pass along for generations to come. That can be fun too. Yeah, well, I quite agree with that. And I uh, wanted to add that for a person to actually rewrite that much programming, you see what I'm saying? That's a huge amount of programming because you're, you're still seated at the card table next to the big table when you're 60-something because your parents are now 80-something. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they continue to live just to keep you from the big table. But uh, to rewrite something like that requires quite a bit of consciousness. And I wonder if the average among us has enough consciousness because I can remember when my kids came along, I thought, finally, I'll be on a par with my parents, but it never happened. 
course, I was not as conscious then. Of course, you're never, you're always more conscious as your life progresses, unless there's some kind of a bump. But nonetheless, we love everything. Now, the idea of rewriting all this stuff is uh, a Herculean enterprise to engage in, to simply refuse. I think um, that it would serve us very well to do a shutdown and then reboot as far as each individual's identity goes. You know, and in fact, the idea of Christmas in general, uh, because it was at a certain point an unbelievably sacred and holy thing, Christmas. And today it's um, salesmen battering on the fortress you've had to put up against things. If we didn't have fast forward, I couldn't watch TV, so to speak. Well, other than this show, which I like, but still, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, so the. Uh, the ability to change and grow has to happen, otherwise we don't, we cease, we become less. So it is incumbent upon each of us to bombard our DNA with something that we love, and the peace and quiet is something that is lovable. It's not just for libraries. Well, I, I think... Um you know, that peaceful energy is, is great. You know, letting it be whatever you prefer is the objective. Whatever the holiday looks like to you, you define it. Write it out. Say, this is what I love. I always liked Christmas Eve, just, you know, after kids were in bed and all that, and just being still and quiet. I, um, I used to decorate my house with Christmas lights. I still have mm -hmm. them everywhere. Anybody oh, yeah. that knows me, I've always done that since... Uh, zip, as Neville would say. Well, um, one year I decided after the kids grew up and I found that it was so tiring to go get the tree and lug it home, set it up, decorate it. Because I worked two jobs and three jobs at some point, but close to 20 years I did that and raised two kids alone and it was a lot of work. So after they left, I took Christmas lights and I made the shape of a tree on the wall with the Christmas lights and the bookcase was like the trunk and I got these little tiny ornaments and put on it and then I outlined my whole uh, living room and hallway literally you know where the walls come together <clears throat> with the ceiling all the way around and went around any picture and around the windows and you didn't have to turn any lights on it was just that light it was phenomenal and I left them up for a long time because I just loved it and I would do things like that, like special things. There are a lot of good components to everything. Just do it out of love because we are either taunted, pushed, and bullied by guilt or fear, but we could be, lo we could, um, be pulled lovingly by love. And so if you are really in touch with what's important to you, I think that's good. And also, if it looks like you're alone, and this is something I, I would like to say too, because it can, because I've felt that myself. I remember one year it was, I don't know if it was Memorial Day or Independence Day or something, and <clears throat> it was me and, and when my kids were younger, and we lived in these apartments that the, they backed up to the backyards of houses. So if you looked out the door, you could just see families out in their yard, you know, having parties and cookouts and things like that. And I felt so left out. I just felt alone, and you could look and... And it started feeling like it was me and they, and that they encompassed everybody. It wasn't just this group of people or that group of people. All of a sudden in my thinking, they were all at one big party that I wasn't invited to, and I started feeling lonely, and, and it just felt empty. And then I realized that the idea of saying to yourself, I am always where the fun is, because you are. Let's say one of those groups of people was to, um, a scuba dive, diving uh, gathering and that doesn't interest you at all, then that wouldn't be a fun thing for you. So what you love is always radiating out of you and you're never away from it. And I think it's in realizing that the moment I realized that was the moment I started having lots of people in my life that were compatible with the interests that I had. So I would invite you to do that around Christmas. Look at it as these are individual people attracting what they need or want in their life, and you could do the same thing, and that you're not alone. There's not a big universal they in you. 
it's a bunch of different people and everybody feels basically the same. Yeah, excellent. Include other people in your stuff. Uh, one, one other quick thing on that subject. Sure. I wrote poetry for many, many years and mm -hmm. one of them when I was a, a teenager, like 14, 15, 16, uh, all I remember is a line, um, uh, something about uh, living in a bubble. Is everyone living in a bubble waiting to be popped? Is everyone like I am? Uh, this has to stop or something. Um, and then the uh, last was, someone has to be the one to extend the loving hand. But if I do, will there be someone to understand? And mm -hmm. I think that's true. We, we're waiting for people to extend an invitation to us because we are afraid to extend it to them because we're afraid of rejection. So why not look at love this holiday and mm -hmm. say, I'm going to do the reaching out. I'm not going to wait always for someone to reach out to me. Excellent. Yeah. As always, we are a live call-in show. If you have any questions or comments, you'd be extremely welcome to call in so you can become part of the show and we can perhaps tailor information uh, to assist you to become more conscious. Um, uh, basically, we want to get um, holidays, we want our entire of our life to be life-enhancing uh, and through the faculty of the imagination, this is what this is about. So, uh, however that would work for you, we'd, we'd love to hear about this. Uh, so much of what we've been taught, so much of what goes on in our world is not on our behalf and it's important that we haul off and begin to understand this and uh, continue um, the creation of our life in a grand fashion. That is the point. And I don't know, I believe I'm, no one can know who they are. We can know who other people are, but knowing who you are uh, isn't so much in the, uh, because you're in here, you can't really see from outside of you, even if you're looking at yourself on TV. There's still, you still, knowing who you are is pretty much part of the game to play, but um, acting in your own self-interest is a very life-affirming thing to do. It really has to be done. Would well, you have some like uh, suggestions about like where people could get started with that? Uh, always in meditation, ask yourself, who am I? Um, who is the real me? What am I? Um, I remember who it is I really am. Start with that as a meditation. That's a beautiful affirmation, and yeah. I agree. You know, there is a meditation technique to say, you, where you go into meditation, you say, who am I? And then you say, who is it that said that? And then you say, well, who is that? And who said that? And who said that? And ultimately, you're never going to end. It'll go on endlessly, but it, it makes you aware of self. And I remember reading one time, you don't say, I am a brain, you say, I have a brain. So when you say, I have a brain, well then that automatically puts you in touch with the part of you that is bigger than your brain. Here's a Christmas gift for everyone, okay? A telepathic TV's Christmas gift for you is that you become more <coughs> conscious. We do, we, have, we do this once a week, virtually around the years, this is our 15th year we're going into of telepathic TV and if we have one gift for you it is that you strap it on and become a greater you. Become we'll be going more into conscious. our 16th year. We'll complete yes, our 16th. 15th. Yeah, the zeros, but yes. And let's take a look at that then whenever you guys are ready. And this is the latest shoe and these are called tongue pumps. Yes, and it is the fashion world. All artists have at least one foot in the fashion world. There's no possibility that I can see, even if it's anti-fashion, but this concept. So these are, um, well, delicious. I mean, tasteful, literally, aren't uh. they? And the uh, shoe, the sole of the shoe is, the eye is the sole of the shoe. But a very interesting piece. I put it in, uh, I posted it on Fine Art today. I think this is, um, it's wonderful to feel good about who you are and what you do. And not doing that doesn't work. You have to feel good. First you have to figure out who you are. 
then you figure out to feel good about that. Once you feel good about that, then the rest of it's just a joy. The rest well, of your life you, becomes joyous. That's true. And until you really examine how fear, guilt, doubt, and worry is operating in your life, it's difficult yeah. to see who you are and to let that part emerge. Um, so much of what we do with each other in our manipulation is if there's something about another person that makes us feel uncomfortable or makes us in fear, uh, we will disparage it by ignoring it or by being a bully or being, you know, any of the manipulation techniques. So, do we have a call? So, we do, yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? <clears throat> Hello, Mary. Hello, Neville. Hey. This is, this is Steve, your fan club from Florida. Hey, okay. all right. Thanks for calling in. Hey. Hi. Hi. I'm calling in. I'm, I'm loving uh, the topics tonight. Um, I do believe uh, the reinforcement of commercialism and dogma kind of go uh, hand in hand. But I did want to um, point, uh, address an issue that is for some, that during the holidays, this is a time for um, eliminating guilt. It's a... Uh, abuse, the abuses that have occurred to children over the course of a year. The, uh, oh, well put. And uh, things that come in. This makes everything okay because um, of what has been done in the past. So now we get to start all new. Um, that's not for everyone, but for some it is yeah. very, very difficult in the holidays. Yeah, I understand. So I'll yeah. just sign off and listen. Well, thank well, you. That's the myth Good to hear from you, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. And very, very intelligent um, comment, too. Yeah, we love you calling in. Steve, call in anytime. We'd love to hear from you. Anytime. That's the myth of Santa Claus. In the, oh, you didn't, know, you didn't know that. Okay, <laughs> pardon me. Santa Claus is going to make it all right. Were you naughty or nice? Mm -hmm. And that's Santa Claus is the massive uh, being much larger than us. And, um, well, I think one of the things that he was saying, too, is that when we buy things for our kids, and it's really an important point that he's making, and, and maybe we can get back to some of the things you were saying, too, is that what we tend to do is substitute love with money and objects, which with, uh, um, you know, we are being worked twice as hard because now we have to have two incomes just to make ends meet. It's not, I mean, we used to be able to on a one income. It, it's impossible now, unless you're an, an executive somewhere. It's really impossible. So what we tend to do is say, here is our love in this, this uh, video game. Bye, see you later. And that's all we have to reach out. And so uh, Christmas can be this thing where let's, uh, let's bring back the love. You know, it's like, let me inundate you with love to let me know. And I think another thing is we attempt to relive our childhood at Christmas via our kids as well. I know I buy Silly Putty for myself at Christmas because I remember that. I loved Play-Doh and Silly Putty and all that. I don't know why. It's just, you know, I love making things out of it. I still play with Play-Doh and my grandkids. I, I love uh, sculpting things and everything. But I, I, I do it, and I don't do it necessarily in an unhealthy way because I'm aware of it. But I think sometimes we do do that because in the 50s and 60s, wasn't that a wonderful time, everyone? You could go out and play. You could go in the woods all day and take a sandwich with you and just be home. There were none of these worries. People didn't have these test scores that they had to live up to where kids weren't allowed to be kids and you didn't have an event that you had to go to every day. I think we miss those times, too. Yeah. If anyone else would like to call in, please do. We'd like to hear other people's opinions about this, what else is there? Because as I say, the point is to become more conscious and uh, uh, the paradigms we find ourselves in have, are mutating. There, there is um, an ever-present constant distraction from uh, being able to sit quietly and think, from being able to meditate. I realized a long time ago when I was uh, going through a toll booth uh, and was upset about it because the Reston toll, the toll road here in Reston is owned by Germany, a German company, and any quarter you stick in that goes directly to Germany. 
okay, and this got me really bent out of shape until I realized, oh, it's another thing that just is. I don't want to have to argue with it. Um, you know, it's taking my peace of mind and my quarter. It could have the quarter. I don't want the, but the peace of mind is mine. So this idea of staging a revolution in your thinking where you uh, ultimately you just aren't upset about things, this is a very important factor to uh, bring up in your own thinking so that you can uh, return to being in command of your life because there's this constant ongoing distraction from what is real, what is um, going to make you actually happy. We've been sold this insanity that uh, the next iPhone is going to make you happy, the next whatever that thing is is going to make you happy. No, you have to make you happy. Not what's out there, what's in here. The entire revamping of the way in which we approach and think reality has to occur. If we don't do this, we don't continue to exist. We have to, uh, have to, as a bully speaking, the language code. When we get to the point that we are all self-existing and that we all recognize our own authority rather than the guilt obliged that is the society we live in, it's not just Christmas. There's a constant guilt obliged uh, of who it is you're supposed to be and what it is you're supposed to do. Supposing you're an executive and you don't wear a tie, oh my God, you could be fired. That's insanity. You know, that's per se insanity as such. That is not sane. And the only thing that can get us to be sane is us being sane, us not getting upset, us removing ourselves from the ideal world and discovering that, well, really, it's all perfect. The guy didn't wear a tie. That's perfect. Why would I get upset? I don't want anything to upset me. Um, in solitude, there's a certain peace because it's just you. And therefore, you don't have to be aware or wondering what else is going on around you. It's just you. And there, we've, there's, a, there's an idea. We'll have National Solitude Day, week, month, you know, once a year where you just you don't pick up the phone, you don't talk to anyone. We take a week off from everything that we're doing. And then at the end of the week, you reset. And the first time someone pulls some kind of a guilt manipulation on you, you'll know about that. Whereas before, you wouldn't know about it because it is so constant in our life. Uh, this idea of oblige, enough with oblige. Let us find ourselves again and strike this whole thing. Let's reboot the entire of society. We don't have to go to war right now. Um, all of the technology to make a completely solar car exists. MIT whispered that they have a working model of a completely solar car. We have, um, what is it, uh, BMW is now willing to let you lease a completely electric car for merely five grand down and 400 or something a month so you can experience it safely. Now, enough of all this. Let's have electric cars. Let's have a world that works, not this nonsense. Um, so let's go ahead and do the duck. Yeah, sure. Do not allow others to define what is true for you. You always know your truth. Yeah, very good. <coughs> Spot on, as they say. Mm -hmm. I had some spots, but they're not on anymore, so I'm going to have to go find them again. Uh, step out of the drama. <laughs> I love that Journey one. Journey into the silence of your center in solitude. Uh, let go of any... Uh, that was good enough. Yeah. Attachment to outcomes, yeah. Yeah, that was the um, stepping into your center. By the way, if you go to uh, Meditation Break on iTunes, I have a number of meditations posted. Um, I'm getting ready to redo a lot of them because I've got a better microphone now and, and such like that. And if anybody has like a, a room that's quiet for me to record a bunch because I have tons, yeah. let me know. 
but one of them is they're designed to help you go to sleep at night and another one is to heal so that you can wake up in the morning literally feeling better than you do. I've, I've gone to bed with a cold and woken up completely free of that. That's out there for free. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of stuff that we do and I've posted hundreds of shows and the audios on iTunes there for you to either just click the button and listen to on your computer or download to your iPod, iPhone, or any MP3 player. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just the audio and you could put hundreds on there for, for a little space. So anyway, to partake of that, and I was even doing free meditation training calls, like uh, I've amassed hundreds of different meditation techniques and lots of teaching on that. I've got my psychic development series and audio and a meditation class and a bunch of classes online too. And yeah. some of your stuff I've posted and as soon as yeah, you give me you. more stuff, I'll do more. Yeah, and I'm still keen on finding a group of people that would like to um, remember how to read faces and read palms and I would go into things like uh, Merkaba and other things that I would teach. Maybe if someone has a house and a group uh, this would be possible yes. to arrange this. It's very important. And yes, uh, we and have our first caller. Okay, but real quick, you can read about all of our classes. I've um, put everything up online. And if you do have a group that you would like us to come teach, that all of our subjects are up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hi, caller. Hi. What's your name, please? <clears throat> Hi, this is Suzanne. How are you guys? Suzanne, good. Hey, good. How about you? I'm fine. I would like to get a, a reading from Mary, but I also want to let you know, uh, last time I spoke to you, which was a few weeks ago, you said I was uh, looking to move into another position. Absolutely correct. Thank you for that. Uh -huh. And this reading, if I could have it a little bit more around finances again, that would be great. Okay. And I'll take my answer off the air. Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling. It's great thank to hear you. from you. Okay, so this is around finances. Let's see what we get. All right, the first card is letting go. <coughs> um, sometimes that can come up to say letting go of old identifications, self-identifications that you may have had about like what things are. And I've done a lot of work with people over a lot of different issues and one of the things about finances is even when we think we're having these creative visualizations and everything, like if we come from a family that may have been more blue collar or whatever, sometimes it's hard to visualize yourself out of there. And another definition of this card is that we have to let go of holding on and just allow it to happen. It's our job to say what and the universe's job to say how which is how I resolved let go and let God and you create your reality. That's how they can both be true, just decide. And I think it's the universe is calling for a decision from you. And the creator, one thing I, I feel about this, it's a very powerful card and that everything financially is going to be fine for you. And I keep seeing something having to do with March, something very significant, feels lump summy and... Uh, you know, maybe our mind would go to tax returns or something, but I feel like it's something different than that. And uh, at any rate, it, it may look like sort of a something that is, oh, that's like this, but it's really opening up something new. It's not an ending. And the friendliness card is entering into a relationship. And uh, years ago, someone had asked me to do some automatic writing about their job or their career. And <clears throat> what came through was start claiming that eight hours back. What we tend to do is, or ten hours nowadays, is we sell it to the employer and we feel like, okay, all I have left is the 14 hours left in my, li my life. In it. But if you claim it back and you bring love back into that part, then things you love will start growing there. And I feel like there's something really uh, coming up for you financially that could be a cooperative with someone else number one, but I, I mean, I'm not sure what you want to know about finances, but I would say this is a very good, good thing, saying that, that things are improving and that I really don't feel you have to worry about. I mean, like, this isn't a lifetime that you're going to be worrying. Let's put it that way. Well, thank you. Oh, very good. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? <laughs> hey, this is Lisa. How are you? Oh, hey, good. good. How are you? Good to hear hey. from you. Doing fine. Um, I noticed uh, y'all were talking about uh, how things change over time and also about holidays, and it made me think back in 2000, 
2005, 2006, when my folks were displaced from New Orleans uh, due to Katrina, they went to Florida. And my folks had always been Catholic. New Orleans is highly, highly Catholic. When they moved to Florida at Christmas time, they started hearing, hey, happy holidays. And they were just shocked because they were used to Merry Christmas all those years. So, you know, they struggled with how to reply and so on. Now, over the years, I've noticed this has become more of an issue because I think regardless of what people say, their intention is to wish you well. But I noticed, like in my work, people will preface things by saying, well, happy holidays if you celebrate it, or, um, you know, seasons greet. Like, people have to be so careful nowadays, which I think in a way it's good because it recognizes that Christmas is not about religion for everybody or it's not about christianity for everybody but um it's just become like such a, a a thing of discomfort because you don't know if you're going to tell somebody something and then they're going to be offended because you said it a different way so i don't know why i just well you know you your opinions of it yeah and, and also to ask you for a reading mary after after um, okay you, I, you address that thank you uh shall i do the reading real quick we've only got a few minutes or a, yeah. a handful of minutes left uh, but real just, quick, I would just say, yeah, we're all way too touchy. That's all I have to say about yeah, that. And I think it's yeah. gotten way out of hand, and it's going to explode at some point. Oh, you said butterfly. I, I'm offended. Go ahead. Yeah. This is this insanity of the ideal world. Okay. Uh, everything's ideal. Everything's perfect. It doesn't make any difference. Just mm -hmm. you, If we all just stop, it doesn't matter what you say. It just doesn't. Nobody listens anyhow. Well, I'm, get, I'm getting offended by people getting offended. Yes, yeah, so I want yeah, my exactly. rights. I'm tired of being victimized by people being offended. <laughs> exactly. It's offensive. You mean well, you know. No, I know. And yes, like people get offended if you say have a nice day. Like, well, I was going, look, I just, I, I was looking, wishing you well. Okay, so uh, real quick here, the mind card, and I, I know uh, you didn't, um, specifically say an area or whatever uh, so we'll just kind of do general I guess uh, the mind card says that only run things through the mind so many times before it starts acting like a paper shredder you know and we've all done it like thinking about should I get this new job should I do that and so then you think about it once you don't arrive at your answer because the mind can't do intuitive answers it can't speculate into the future so you run it through again and still no answer and then it starts getting even more confusing after a while so what it's saying is recognize the limitations of the mind and don't put too many things on it because it's excellent for finding you a cheeseburger if that's what you're looking for but it really can't do too much about things that are not in this time space. And what happens is um, you'll become aware that, that there is a parting. These are represented as blind, uh, clouds or thoughts, and these look like blinds that are, had been blinding you, thoughts that are really coming open and start recognizing the work and the progress you've made in your life and where you're headed, and that you've gone through the dark night of your soul and one thing we realize going through the dark night of our soul is we do not have to be in sorrow. More can be shared in one cup of joy than in all the rivers of sadness, something I've been saying for many, many years, and I really believe it's true, and we'll know that more and more as time goes by. And then the thunderbolt is saying, just say no to some of this, whether it's a thought or an idea, just say no. And Neville did this thing many years ago where he says, just snap your fingers and turn it off. I think that's great. This is also talking about out there in, in maybe your life out in the career world or whatever, just say no to things. And if people are going to fall away, let them fall away because that's, it's good for that. And, uh, you know, just speak your truth, even if, it, if you're afraid of offending someone. Yeah, it's very important. Uh, seems like when the information comes through me, it kind of channels through, and I have, and you too, and I have never certain exactly what I'm going to be saying. Mm -hmm. So it just has to kind of flow out and sure. become, uh, as far as all that goes. Uh, about the mind shredding card, which is very important because that's done far more commonly than we realize. I know a guy that lost his ability to walk because he could not decide whether to move his left foot first or his right foot first. Mm. And he still just sits in a chair 
And that's, that's wow. the mind-shredding card. When you go over something too much, you lose the ability to take any action whatsoever. Just interesting. Well, enough. guilt installs an editor within us that makes yeah. us do that. Yeah. So, uh, again, if anyone has a place where, you know, we can teach, uh, we would like to do this. And because we have a lot to say. And I specifically want to teach palm reading, face reading, Merkaba and a few things, and you do so many things specifically. Just, uh, just do your do yeah. do whatever. I think you know, yeah. just claim it, claim it, because you really are an expert in all those fields, Thank and you've you. been yeah. doing it for a long time. A few eons now. And uh, and we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle true. shortly. Come join us. You're not doing anything anyhow. Come on, it's not that cold. It'll be fun. You'll be full of life. You'll be invigorated. It'll be warm company. Yeah, that too. And uh, yeah, enjoy your life. This is, if we're going to make one point ever, it's to be bold, uh, to enjoy things, to have gusto, to be alive. Anything else is just kind of um, waiting. Well, is that the word? Yeah, I may start oh, too late. Thank you.